myself, I got larger hair. Another week of football, another week of fantasy. Last week, uh, you know, I talked about Justin Fields being kind of the uh, the steal of the week, and uh, it turned out that was the right answer. Unfortunately, the stack didn't turn out well, and uh, it kind of it kind of failed overall. And uh, I went a little too heavy on uh, Josh Jacobs last week. Every everyone said fade. Everyone said fade, and uh, I just couldn't do it. And uh, I just had too much exposure. And even though I got a lot right as far as stacks go, as far as uh, kind of sneaky plays, um, just eating that Josh Jacobs chalk really kind of killed me. Um, so go contrarian. That's uh, the message pretty much every week. Uh, this week, it's it's an interesting slate. There's not um, there's no game that really stands out. Uh, you know, there's a couple over-unders that are worth looking at. Uh, there's a couple uh, key players um, that we'll focus on here. I mean, just starting with the quarterbacks, you know, Josh Allen is projected with the highest ceiling on uh, on the board. And it's another week where he's either going to do it or he's not. And right now there's a lot of ownership uh, projecting that he's going to do it which means it's probably a good week to walk away from Josh Allen in Buffalo. I mean, they're playing the Jets, and we've seen from Buffalo that regardless of the opponent, uh, they still put up the points. They're still aggressive. Uh, So by all means, Josh Allen is probably a very good cash play, Um, even even at his price. It's getting a little steep now. Uh, He's at uh, $8,500. Um, I mean, once he hits 9K, it's like you can't even consider him anymore because it's just going to be too crippling uh, just on being able to get a ceiling with the rest of your roster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he has the highest ceiling. He's definitely worth playing. Uh, but I, I would I would fade him in tournament. But that's where it gets tough because there really isn't a good answer this week at tournament because the guys who really like are in good situations with high pacing games um, are expensive um, or they're chalky, you know, just Justin Herbert, great play going up against the Atlanta Falcons, a high ceiling um, 7,200. So you're going to save, you know, over a thousand dollars from Josh Allen. And uh, a lot of the pieces are, are, are fairly inexpensive as well for Justin Herbert. Um, but the problem is, again, he, he he's still 7,200, so it's not like you're punting. Uh, and then his, you know, the other the other side of that game is the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota, he's projecting well. His ownership is good. You know, he's at about five percent ownership projections right now. His ceiling's about 25 points, um, and his cost is 5,300. So, I mean, he he really is kind of sticking out as a good play this week. Um. You know, who, who you stack them with, that's going to be a question, and we'll get into that once we start talking game stacks. Uh, when we go down to the top three uh, over-unders on the week, we'll get into a little more detail there. But, I mean, he's put up 24 points twice this year, uh, once against Carolina, once against San Francisco. Um, those were his two highest game totals. So 25 points is realistic. And, you know, at 5,300, it's just a great value. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 6,200. Nobody's playing Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's you know, That's going to be an up-tempo game that works really well. Uh, the guy that I think everyone's going to be on outside of uh, Josh Allen 
is Geno Smith at 5,800. You know, he's just been he's been balling all year. Um, he has almost a 30-point season. He's right at about 28 points in projections. Um, he projects for 20. His ceiling's about 28. And uh, it's just the price point. It really is kind of the perfect play. But, again, you're looking at ownership now of over 10%. And that, that's where it gets a little dicey where you start – trying to look for pivots. Um, and some of those pivots are like, you know, Derek Carr uh, at 5,400. Uh, no ownership, decent projections, but, you know, I'm not comfortable playing Derek Carr. I'm not comfortable playing uh, Vegas against Jacksonville there. As a matter of fact, I'd probably prefer uh, saving the $200 and go getting Trevor Lawrence um, in that same game. Uh, I, I also like – I just want to mention I, I still do like Justin Fields again this week. He's going to be catching a lot more ownership, and the game projects to be just really slow and plotting. But we've seen Miami, you know, when, they, when they're pushed, they, they, they play fast. And Chicago is playing a lot faster right now. They're trusting the offense. And, uh, you know, that game, that game is – Decent. I mean, Bears are projected for 20 points. Uh, Miami's projected for 25 points. So, I mean, there's enough touchdown equity in that game to get you some real ceilings. So, uh, Chicago-Miami, I'm definitely going to be playing some Justin Fields this week. And I also want to mention uh, Tua Tagovailoa is 6,700, and he's under 5% ownership. And we know what he can do. We've seen his ceiling. And he's going up against the Chicago Bears. Um, there's no secondary. Actually, the Bears secondary is not bad. I shouldn't say there's no secondary. That's probably their biggest strength. Uh, but th- there's no pass rush. Um, I-, I think that that's kind of the fear with Tua is that, you know, uh, Miami's just going to pound the ball on the ground, um, which means Mozart's a pretty good play this week. But uh, if you think somehow the Bears shut down the run or Miami just wants to, you know, show off a little and this thing goes to the air, uh, he's another good play. Uh, running back this week is, is going to be – last couple of weeks it's been kind of confusing um, as to what you want to do. Uh, this week, it's not super clear. It's another week where there's just a lot of options. There's a lot of guys who just project really well. Um, you know, Eckler is in a smash spot. He's also the most expensive running back on the board. You know, he's looking at about 20% ownership, so people are going to be playing him. Uh, but but I'm okay eating 20% ownership on a running back, uh, especially uh, of Eckler's usage. You know, he's involved in the passing game as much as he's involved in the run. Um, his ceiling is 35 points, which just looking at overall ceilings with wide receivers thrown in the mix, he has the highest ceiling on the slate of any skilled player. So Austin Eckler... Is a guy, you know, especially cash. I mean, if you could get to him, you know, almost nine k. That's it's it's gonna be hard to do. Uh, but if but if you could find the, a place to do it, he's definitely worth playing. I think his cost is gonna hurt you a little bit in tournaments, uh, where the fade is probably the right move there. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill has a thirty three point ceiling. He's eighty five hundred against the Bears. Uh, Cooper Cup is almost 9K. He's a 30-point ceiling. And then the cheapest of all the uh, options um, is Aaron Jones, you know, projecting well against uh, Detroit. 
Um, and that game is supposed to really go through the ground. You know, Green Bay just loves running the ball. They like slowing games down. They like taking the entire play clock. You know, Green Bay just kills fantasy momentum. Uh, but when that happens, you know, the run game makes sense. So Aaron Jones is going to be a really good play this week at 7,400. He's going to be the cheapest option you could get um, for for about a 30-point ceiling. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins – 7,900, he's projecting around 30 points. Stefan Diggs at 8,400, also projecting at 31 points. So those are the six big players uh, as far as cost and ceiling. And, again, the cheapest option in there is Aaron Jones. Um, He is going to have the highest ownership of that entire group at 20%. Um, But like I said, I'm okay with a 20% ownership. Um, And I think he's probably a better play than Austin Eckler, just based on savings of over a thousand dollars. You know, you'll get an extra $1,200 by going with Aaron Jones, Uh, Josh Jacobs. He bit a lot of people last week, myself included. Um, I think what he put up like six points. He is projecting this week in my model is, is the best play uh, on the running back board. Again, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run from him. Uh, the problem is you would hope that the field would kind of run from him after he put up 7.4 points last week, um, 10 attempts. So we got half of the attempts he normally gets, um, and that, that that Raiders game is just ugly. Uh, I didn't I didn't go back and watch it. I mean, from what I, from what I saw, it just was it was gross. Uh, the Raiders couldn't get anything done, um, and the Saints just clobbered them. You know, 24 nothing. Uh, you know, I, how often do you see a goose egg in the, in the modern NFL these days? I mean, it's, it's a rare sighting. Um, you, you're more likely to see a, a game go off for over 100 points than you are for a zero. And that's exactly what the Raiders did. So it might scare some people away from him. He is projecting right now at about 25% ownership. Um, but, but if people feel bitten, maybe that comes down a little. He's 7,300. You know, he's got a 28-point ceiling. Um, I kind of feel safer playing Josh Jacobs over that Aaron Jones play. And uh, you catch a little bit more ownership with Josh Jacobs. And, uh, you know, it's a $100 difference between the two. Uh, but Aaron Jones is a, just a nice play in there with a little bit higher of a ceiling. But... Of those two guys, I mean, I think I prefer Josh Jacobs. Uh, but, yeah, those are kind of your two options there. Um, and then the cheaper guys who project really well are, are just going to catch you over 30% ownership, and that's uh, Travis Etienne at 6,300. Um, he's projecting around a, you know, 27-point 20, ceiling, 20 points of pure projection. Uh, but, again, ownership over 30%. Uh, but he he's going to be in a lot of lineups this week. Uh, he's going up against Vegas. Um, it's going to be a hard guy to fade. Um, I think I probably will, although I like him better than the other guy who's over 30% ownership right at that same price point. Uh, $200 more for Joe Mixon at $6,500. Um, he actually has a lower ceiling and doesn't project as well as uh, Travis Etienne. So uh, that's kind of an interesting play there that, uh, you know, of the two chalk plays, I think I like uh, Travis Etienne over Joe Mixon, but both are kind of in that uh, same projection territory. Um, As far as pivots in that area, 
you're, you're looking at Stevenson in New England. Uh, Stevenson, 6,200, so right there, same price point. His projection's very similar. He's catching ownership, too. Uh, he's at about 25%. So you're shaving off only 5% ownership by going to him. Uh, but he's definitely playable. Uh, Leonard Fournette might be the guy uh, to really consider. I know he's starting to to look Every week he looks a little worse, and it looks like White, the backup, is going to start cutting into his time. Um, I have a massive trade going on this week where I'm actually uh, I'm upgrading to Cooper Cup off of uh, Devonte Adams, and it might be a bad it might be a bad play. It it involves me getting uh, Leonard Fournette, and uh, yeah, it, it, that might that might end up uh, being being a mistake because um, you feel it coming. Rashad White. Is starting to pick up a little momentum there, um, which is worth mentioning. Rashad White, forty-seven hundred, uh, under one percent ownership. He might be a nice little, uh, you know, three percent sprinkle if you're doing one hundred and fifty max. You know, if you're generating one hundred and fifty teams, I, I, I might throw in about three percent of Rashad White, um, just as an, a nice pivot off of you know the rest of the field and saving you a lot of money. But uh, Lenny Fournette, you know, sixty-six hundred, ten percent ownership. That's going to be a good tournament play um, just because he checks a lot of the boxes that are needed uh, for a good running back in tournaments. Uh, let's see here. A little more ceiling. Let's find the high, Let's find the best, the highest ceiling with the lowest ownership. And that's going to be uh, uh, Delvin Cook, who's in a great spot against Washington. Uh, Delvin Cook is seeing an increase in, in action. Um, he looks healthier than ever. Uh, they, he should be able to. He should be able to run the ball on uh, Washington. That's a good play under five percent ownership. So if you're looking for a pivot up top, you know, getting off of the Aaron Jones um, or the Austin Eckler, you know, Delvin Cook is the nice tournament pivot there. Uh, Devontae Foreman is projecting under ten percent. He's projected between five and ten percent, uh, decent ceiling, six k. Um, it's just you know the other guys feel a little better. I mean, he actually does project a little bit better than Leonard Fournette uh, with less ownership. So Devonte Foreman probably a good play there. I actually like that a lot. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, nobody's playing. I mean, under 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 three percent ownership, and <laughs> I mean his projection is is down to fifteen points of raw projection. I mean, his ceiling is projecting around 20. Uh, you know, going up against New England, who's who's been solid. They've been stopping running backs from scoring touchdowns. Um, and you need touchdowns with Jonathan Taylor. So, like, nobody's making that play, uh, which might might be an interesting uh, pivot. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with the Arizona running back situation. I'm not sure if we're going to see Connor this week. If Connor isn't playing... Uh, you know, Benjamin is a fantastic play at 5,900. You know, we've seen what he's been able to do. He's been a very solid backup. He's probably going to be a guy who's going to eat into Connor's production once Connor does come back, even if it is this week. Um, I'm probably not playing him if Connor is playing, though. Uh, but if Connor isn't, uh, I'm smashing him. You know, he's, again, under 3% ownership. I imagine if Connor's officially rolled out, that's going to skyrocket. And a really nice play this week is uh, at 5% ownership, uh, 6,100, 
Raheem Mosert of the Miami Dolphins against Chicago Bears. You know, Chicago traded away their entire defense. Uh, there's nobody left. You know, they, they called Houston to see if Lovey Smith might come back and just actually play. They were thinking, you know, seeing if he, if he could put a uniform on and play because uh, they got nobody. And uh, Rasheed Mostert's going to be able to run all over the Chicago Bears. And, you know, if this game this game is projected to be slow, uh, that that means we'd be seeing a lot of running, um, which would be meeting probably pivot off of a hill and play Rasheed Mostert um, in tournaments. Uh, if I'm playing a lot of Mostert in tournaments, I'm probably going to come off of Hill, um, maybe even a little Waddle. You know, I'm I'm going to put bring their exposure down because I'm banking on you know the run game being heavy and uh, the pass game kind of being disappointing. But I don't know because I also like that game shooting out as well. It's kind of a sneaky shootout, so I'm probably going to find a little balance. Probably going to take a Buddhist approach there and just go with a little bit of balance. Um, at the end of the day. And then wide receivers. There isn't really a guy that's like <laughs> just really standing out as, as the guy you want to, you know, in all your lineups. You know, DJ Moore is still projecting really well. 5,800, um, you know, 14% ownership. Uh, I like Tyler Boyd this week, 5% ownership. He's a little expensive, 6,300. You know, he would be a smash play if he was under 5K. Uh, but 63 is going to need a little bit of production. But, you know, Chase is down. Um, and I feel like, you know, Burrow is projecting pretty well. The team is projected to put up 24 points as a whole. Um, so I would be okay playing Tyler Boyd. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, same situation, under 5% ownership, uh, 5,300. Um, that's probably a better play. I mean, that's $1,000 less than Boyd. Uh, and I think you're going to get similar production out of those two players. So uh, Romeo Romeo Dobbs is probably going to be a nice, good, cheap play. Uh, Zay Jones is where all the ownership's going underneath. He's 4,100. You know, he's involved in that passing game. It's a good game environment against the Raiders. Uh, he's projected for almost 18-point ceiling, 10% projection, 20% um, ownership, uh, which is an easy fade in tournament. I mean, that that's kind of like where, where you want to be contrarian are on plays that everybody is going to that also can has a very realistic chance of failing more than succeeding. That's why running back chalk is worth taking because chances are, you know, running back is the easiest position to project of all the positions. So, you know, when you have a, when you have a good running back who's in a good spot – and he's got a good price point, and the field is gravitating towards him, it's probably wise to also gravitate towards him because the chances of it going right are pretty high, which is why the ownership is going there. With high ownership at low-end wide receivers, what's happening is everyone's looking to, to save money. So they're all going to the same guy because he projects really well at a price point where they're going to be able to get those guys in that they really want to play you know, maybe in playing Eckler, you know, you could get to Eckler maybe if you play Zay Jones. Um, the problem is those are the situations that often fail, and the pivot is usually very clear. You know, Zay Jones, Jacksonville, 4,100. Marvin Jones, 4,200. They project almost the same, but you go from 20% ownership to 2% ownership. So if somehow Marvin Jones balls out and has a great day, 
uh, and Zay Jones doesn't, which is, you know, just, just as likely then you, you're taking just a massive gain on the field. So that's what you want to look for, for your pivots. DeAndre Carter, 4,300 with the chargers. Uh, he's getting more involved. Uh, the wide receiver situation is kind of a mess with the chargers. I mean, it's going to be a lot of Eckler, but I think DeAndre Carter has a realistic shot at his ceiling, which is 17 points and he's under 5% ownership. Um, that's probably the better play than say Marvin Jones. Definitely a better play than Zay Jones at his 20% ownership. Uh, Matt Collins has a pretty good projection. Uh, 14 points, 4,500. Hunter Renfro, hey, we're just not seeing a lot out of him lately. Uh, Garrett Wilson's projecting really well with the with the Jets at 4,800. Uh, only 8% ownership, so people are going to it. And I'm actually very comfortable when I see, like, between 4 and 8% ownership. Because that means, like, the field as a whole isn't there, but smart players are. And uh, I think that's going to be the case with Garrett Wilson uh, with the Jets against Buffalo. You know, they're, they're going to be – obviously, they're going to lose that game. The Jets are going to lose that game. But they're going to try to – they're going to do their best. I mean, they're going to throw the ball. And uh, that means a lot of opportunity for Garrett Wilson. So, I mean, it's a high – it's a high over and under. It's a good game environment. Um, so, Garrett, Garrett Wilson does make a lot of sense there. Um so that's probably the best play of the under 5K guys. Uh, team projection. Oh, there's the team projection. Yeah, 46 over and under on that game. So that, uh, that's what I'm looking at. Up top, I mean, generally speaking, I, I mean, the guys I look up at top, I just look to pair with quarterbacks and game stacks so I get kind of a good exposure on them. Uh, guys projecting really well are uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900, you know, but he's also looking at uh, about 18% ownership. So you're not sneaking anything by. Right now, Jalen Waddell is projecting under 5% ownership, and he's got he's got a decent ceiling of around 25 points. Um, he's expensive, 7,400, so there is some risk you're taking on. And, again, that game is projected to be very run-heavy. And, uh, but again, it's, man, it's just so easy to throw against the Dolphins. And that's how teams are going to attack them. And the Bears, I mean, they're, they're going to want to, they're going to want to keep passing. I mean, they got nothing to lose. Um, I think they've played it safe very early in the season just to kind of get it, just to kind of figure out their offensive line and who they are. And I think they've, they, they've figured out who they are, but, they still do have some concerns with the offensive line, but 23 attempts for Justin Fields last week against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So there's your problem. They're just not, they're not throwing the ball whatsoever. He's had 23 attempts, 21 attempts and 27 attempts in his last three games. Uh, but the beauty with, with Justin Fields is obviously you're getting a lot of equity on the ground. Eight rushes for 60 yards last week, 14 for uh, 82 the week prior, uh, a touchdown in both those games. And then uh, three weeks ago, it's the Redskins. He rushed 12 times for 88 yards, zero touchdowns. So that Miami game is really shining as a stackable game 
uh, for tournaments. Um, in cash, I'm probably going to stay away from every player, minus the minus Mozart, who I think is is a, is a good play. Uh, up top again, a wide receiver. You know, I mean, the guys we think are projecting well are it's Cup, it's Jefferson, Till, Diggs, Adams, um, Mike Evans. Is his kind of a fun play at seventy two hundred and under five percent ownership. Um, all those other guys I mentioned are looking at about ten percent ownership, with the uh, exception being Devonte Adams, who right now is under five percent ownership. You know, he had the flu last week, or he had some kind of uh, wasn't feeling well, and uh, we, you know, that, again, that game was just a disaster. It, it was just one. It was an outlier, I think, for the Raiders. It was one you just want to forget. And uh, his ceiling isn't projecting super high. And uh, I think he has a pretty decent cornerback matchup this week. Um, but under 5% ownership, you know, it's going to be worth trying to get a little bit of exposure on that Jacksonville uh, Raiders game. So let's let's just kind of look at game stacks at the top three over-unders on the week. Uh, let's see what they are here. Right, so let's turn everything off. Uh, 49 and a half for Atlanta in the Chargers. 49 and a half for Detroit Green Bay. 49 and a half for. I saw another one out there. Uh, Seattle, Arizona. Uh, and that's it. I mean, that that's the ceiling on the over and unders. It's 49 and a half. And. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's just like I said, there's not a game that just really stands out as the you know, like last week you had the Detroit game, and it was just an obvious play, you know, Detroit Miami, and uh, that was another mistake I made. I went more heavy on Goff uh, than I did on Tua, and the, and and the playing the double stack, which which went off for the Miami Dolphins, but the games that are projecting high and over under are also generally projecting to be slower paced games. Uh, so there's just not like, it's just not a sexy uh, spot for any of these, these guys. Um, the best projecting game, let's see the, the slow game that the game that's projecting to be the slowest. We'll start there is green Bay and Detroit. As I said earlier, like green Bay is just a vacuum of, of production when it comes to uh, comes to fantasy, they just they don't they just don't get it done. Um, I was looking at some numbers. I was really kind of trying to figure out the quarterback position through data, and a lot of roads were leading towards Aaron Rodgers at fifty nine hundred. Um, if this game does turn into a shootout, which again Detroit has no secondary. So the possibility is realistic. They're playing in a dome. Um, I think it's the only of the three games of 49 and a half that, that's going to see a dome. Um, so that's important. You know, is this a game where Aaron Rodgers just finally goes off? I'm, I'm willing to make a bet on it. I'm willing to, to put a lot of exposure on this game. because I, I think it, it's going to have – the lowest ownership of the three, and, and for good reason. You, you're, you're taking on a ton of risk. Um, Aaron Rodgers' highest fantasy game this year has been against the New York Giants at 
1.88 points. So, I mean, the guy's been a turd. Um, you know, and he, he was a turd in the offseason, and now he's a turd on the field. But if you if you think that turd can be polished, this is the week where it, it might just happen. Uh, his ownership isn't, like, super low. It's at about 8%. Uh, on the other side, on the flip side, Jared Goff projecting under 3%. Um, but it's a $300 difference between Aaron Rodgers and, and Jared Goff. And Aaron Rodgers just projects so much better. Uh, and, and there's obviously the run game on both sides um, feels right. I'm a little concerned with Swift um, at his price point to put him in my, uh, my exposure field. You know, I mean, he's not super expensive. He's 6,400. I guess I'm probably going to max him out at about 5%, which is right about what his projected ownership is. I'm not going to go crazy into him because it just doesn't look like he's back a hundred percent yet. And Jamal Williams just eats the touchdowns. I mean, the guy's just on a touchdown feeding frenzy every week. So he's going to vulture those uh, uh, touchdowns. It's very frustrating. He's 5,900. He's definitely – Jamal Williams is playable as well, you know, with small exposure. Um, Maybe in game stacks, if you think one side is going to take a lead and the other side uh, is going to be passing, you know, and you want the the side that's winning to turn it into a run game – yeah, Aaron uh, AJ Dillon projects well as well. So I mean, these are some kind of like thinner options at running back. Uh, but obviously, if this game is to is to go off, it's going to be through the passing game. And Green Bay, it looks like Al Lazard is going to play this week. Uh, monitor that situation. Uh, check out the injury report later this afternoon. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of trust in Lazard. Um, they have pretty good chemistry. Uh, we saw we saw him put up uh, 20 points against the New England Patriots early in the season. Uh, he put up 17 points against the Jets. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers um, has thrown to him targets eight times, eight times, nine times, seven times. Um, which game he was injured. He didn't play last week. So if he's coming back this week, I mean, 6K, he, he's a great stack with Aaron Rodgers. And right now he's projected under 5% ownership. Romeo Dubs is another guy I'd look at, 5,300. Um, a little pricey for his ceiling, but if you're playing a game stack with Aaron Rodgers, I, I think he's definitely worth considering. He's also under 5% ownership. Sammy Watkins, it's probably not worth playing, even in a stack. Um, I don't think he gets you a ceiling. Um, he's 3,600, so he doesn't need much. If he could get to 12 to you know 16 points, he's a good play. Uh, I just don't see it happening. And Amari Rodgers, uh, not worth playing. Uh, Robert Tunyon is projecting really high this week in ownership. He's a good play. I think if people are playing Aaron Rodgers and they're stacking, um, Robert Tunyon is going to be one of those two pieces, uh, 3,800. Uh, but again, 17% ownership. I mean, this is the guy, like I said earlier, with wide receiver. When you have really high ownership and really low-priced ball-catching players, uh, it, it's probably a good fade. Uh, so if, if you were to go Lazard and, and Dubs and bypass Tanyan in this game, might be smart. I mean, he, he is seeing a lot of targets. 
uh, six last week, four the week prior, and then he had an outlier of 12 targets against the Jets. Um, I, b- I believe they had, like, nobody play wide receiver that week. Uh, he, he's got no touchdowns in the last uh, five games, or one, one touchdown in five games. Um, and outside of that outlier game, he, he's put it up about eight, seven to eight points. So, I mean, it's definitely a guy you could pivot off of and not, not be too concerned. Uh, that it's going to hurt you. It's just Detroit is just so bad at, at the uh, covering the tight end position, at covering anything. I mean, Detroit's just not playing with a defense right now. Uh, so this game does have some appeal because of that. On the Detroit side, Armand St. Brown, I mean, you say it every week. Uh, he He's still, I mean, ownership is holding steady. It's going down a little bit. He used to be over 20%. Um, he's now falling slightly under 20% in ownership projections. His ceiling is also falling a little bit. Um, as he just hasn't had a good game in some time now. Obviously, injury uh, played a part in that. He missed some time. Uh, but, you know, hopefully he's healthy. It looks like he's healthy. Um, they just need to start clicking with him. We know his ceiling is very realistic. Uh, the model likes him this week. The data data's good on him. You know, he's 6,600. I mean, this is the price point where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. When he was getting over 7K, it was appropriate, you know, because because the, what the guy was doing, you know, he put up 42 points against the commanders this year on 12 targets, you know, two touchdowns, 116 yards. Uh, so we've seen that ceiling, you know, against the Eagles, he had 12 targets, did 64 yards and a touchdown, give you 20 points. Um, so his price just started climbing. Um, you know, he was up to 7,200. The game he got injured in, he was 7,700, uh, 7, uh, 7,600, 7,100. Last week, he was 6,900. So his price has just fallen. Um, it just crashed to 6,600 where that's like he's a smash play this week. I think he's the guy to go to. Um, I think I called him a smash play like two weeks ago. And I think I mentioned he was like a, a semi-smash play last week, and it just hasn't happened yet. But I mean, you got you got you got to love the situation, and uh, it just feels right in this game. Uh, Brock Wright is the tight end of the Detroit Lions um, since they traded Hawkinson to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Brock Wright. Um, he has a questionable tag right now, so that, that's worth monitoring. He's projecting around 12 points for ceiling, about 7%, uh, 7 points raw projection. He's going to have under 5% ownership. He's 2,500. Um, he's not going to have the usage of Hawkinson. I believe – I don't even believe this guy started in college. I, I think he was a bench player, but he's got he's got really good speed. Um Against the Dallas Cowboys, he was on 31 of 59 snaps. He had four targets. He caught four balls and went for 57 yards and put up, you know, 9.7 DraftKings points. So it's not a crazy play at 2,500. You know, there is a, there's a fair chance you're going to get a good return on investment there. Um, so I would definitely put him in the player pool uh, for this game stack. Um, so I like, like I said, I like Armand St. Brown. Um I like Brock Wright. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Josh Reynolds and Cleef Raymond. Um, Josh Reynolds, just I hear he's he, he's hurt. Um, 
and just hasn't been playing really well. And then Khalif Raymond, I mean, it's a crapshoot. I, I might try to get a little bit of exposure on those guys because they're both projecting around uh, with a 15-point ceiling and 10 points raw projection. Uh, but I don't like them. So I'm definitely playing St. Brown and Brock Wright as my main uh, stack with Goff this week. And then, you know, I'll probably run it back with Lazard if he's playing um, or Tanya. Probably not Tanya because of the chalk. Uh, or you know what, Aaron Jones. I mean, why not? He makes so much sense, 7,400. And you're saving uh, so much money by playing Brock Wright that it, it's it's doable to get Aaron Jones as your run back. Um, so, you know, you're assuming that Green Bay takes control of the game and they just, they just keep feeding um, Aaron Jones. And while that's happening, Detroit is trying to play on the comeback and they're just throwing the ball and throwing the ball. And Armand St. Brown has a good game. And then Brock Wright, you know, gets 40 yards and a touchdown and that stack pays, that stack pays off. Uh, So Atlanta Falcons and the uh, LA Chargers projects well. Um, This is an up-tempo game. Uh, This is a game that's worth investing in. Uh, Ownership right now is people are, are not looking to spend the 7,200 on Justin Herbert. Uh, so he's at about 5% ownership. Mariota at 5,300. Uh, like I said earlier, he just checks a lot of the right boxes for a tournament play. He's at about 5% ownership. Um, and I think that's a side most people are going to be playing just because of the, the cost of, of Herbert. But, you know, the problem is with, with Herbert is you probably want Eckler in there because um, he's so much a part of that offense. And, you know, he's 8,800. Uh, and then you're looking at Josh Palmer at 5,100 um, or DeAndre Carter at 4,300. Uh, you're going to have to probably stack the DeAndre Carter with Eckler to be able to play Herbert and play that stack. This game might be worth single stacking just because of uh, cost of just doing Eckler-Herbert. Um but I would hate to, to walk away from the pass equity that would be needed for Herbert to have a good day. Uh, Gerald Everett makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's 4,800, under 5% ownership, projecting really well. Uh, you know, he has an 18-point ceiling, 11, 11% of pure projection. I don't know what's going on with Donald Parham this week. Um, but... I mean, if, Don, if Donald Parham doesn't play, then, I mean, obviously Gerald Everett's the play. And I think Gerald Everett's a, a safe play regardless. So if you stack Everett with Palmer and Herbert, I think that's a that's a pretty good contrarian game stack that's going to walk away from the Eckler chalk. Um, it's ballsy. I, w- I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't overdo that game stack, but I'm definitely going to be playing that. Um and then I, I will be playing stacks with Herbert Eckler and probably um, Gerald Everett if his ownership is staying under 5%. I just think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, on the other end, you kind of know where the ball is going. You know, Kyle Pitts is <laughs> he's finally like the highest. There's not, uh, By the way, there's not any stud tight ends on this slate. So you don't have to worry about, you know, a 30 ball 
from a tight end. Uh, just looking quickly, looking at the tight end position, the highest ceiling is uh, Foster Moreau, uh, Kyle Pitts, and Gerald Everett. Um, we mentioned Gerald Everett is a good play with no ownership. He's got the lowest ownership of the three, and I think it, that that's people just kind of waiting on, you know, what's going on with Parham, and uh, people worried about maybe a, a timeshare happening there, uh, tight end by committee. Um, Kyle Pitts, probably the best play of the three. He's 4,500. Um, he is looking at over 10% ownership. So it's a lot, but it's not the 21% ownership Higby is eating because of Higby's price point of, uh, you know, 3,700. Uh, so I like Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is a good play at the game stack. He's finally, I think he had a good game last week. Uh, I'm not mistaken, he scored a touchdown. And, uh, you know, the clouds opened in the heavens and uh, everyone danced because Kyle Pitts finally did something. Uh, yeah, 19, 19 draft king points last week. Nine targets, five catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's been getting the targets all year. Um, his last three games, three targets, five targets, nine targets. Um, there was a game where he saw eight targets against Seattle, seven targets against uh, the Saints. So, He's definitely involved in this game plan, and Mariota is starting to trust him a little more. So um, I definitely like that. The other guy who catches the ball for the Falcons, this is really only two, is Drake London, 4,900. Uh, he's looking at about 10% ownership. He's a good play as well. Definitely going to be putting him in the stack. I might mix in some uh, Zacharias. He's 3,600, projecting uh, about eight points with 12-point ceiling. Um, five percent ownership, so it's just a contrarian play. Um, yeah, but I might sp sprinkle a little bit in. Uh, it's a good spot for for the Atlanta running backs, but there's three of them. You know, it's that whole running back by committee where everyone just kind of splits so that you can't even look at playing any of them. So I'm uh, definitely attacking this game through the air. The pacing projects well. I mean, this is a really good stackable game. Um, and I feel like just because there's three games with a 49 and a half over under, there's no obvious game. Ownership's probably going to spread out where you're not going to have to be too concerned about overplaying the chalk game. Um, just kind of looking at ownership projections here. You know, five, so there's 10% ownership between the two quarterbacks in that game. In the Green Bay-Detroit game, you're looking at about 10% ownership projected. And in the other game, the Seattle-Arizona game, um, that's the game everyone's going to. That has 20% projected ownership. And a lot of that is because Geno Smith is such a value. And we'll talk about that game uh, next. That'll be our, our last talking point of the evening. Um, but, yeah, so Atlanta – Atlanta, L.A., I mean, like I said, Detroit Green Bay is projected to be slow. This game doesn't have the ownership. I, I think this is the tournament play this week. You know, I, I want to get creative, and I want to go down to, like, Miami, Chicago, as I've mentioned. But I think this is a week where, yeah, like – you have access to one of the top three over and unders without killer ownership and not a lot of heavy cost. Um, the chargers, you know, three stack their ceiling stack. If you're just to get a stack, their ceiling players is very expensive. 
Uh, but there's pivots away from that, and I don't think uh, you have to play Eckler, um, especially – well, I mean, I guess you can play – if you play in the Atlanta side, you certainly can play Eckler as the run back, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, just to – yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert's correlation, just kind of looking at correlation uh, of the players, isn't really that high with Eckler. It's positive. It's it's right at point zero one uh, correlation, which you don't see a lot of positive um, correlation with the running backs. But obviously, Eckler is such a big part of the passing game. Um, he does he does correlate with uh, Herbert. Uh, but overall, I mean, when Herbert has good games, his best correlated piece is his tight end. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to play. No, Gerald Everett. I think I think that's actually a really good stack. I just hate not playing. I, I just hate playing Mariota. I mean, I feel like I've just been burnt so many times this year. But I, I think the stack is Mariota, London, Pitts. I mean, just go go for go for the uh, balls out double stack, and then run it back with. No, okay. I'm backwards. Gerald Everett. No, that's that's not what I want to do. I want to play Herbert. And then I want to play Gerald Everett at 4,800. And probably Joshua Palmer. But then I'm not getting Eckler. Yeah, this is a confusing game stack. See, you know, it helped if Clark was here. I could, you know, I could talk through this instead of running in circles. Um, but I, I don't know where he's at this week. I think he's still in... Uh, I think he's still in Dallas. I, I don't think he got on the plane. He got back in time. So we, we Clark's been missing. We don't know. You know, we filed the missing persons report. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he t- turns up soon. Uh, yeah, because I want see the problem is I want Eckler as my run back. So that does mean playing the Atlanta side, Mariota, Pitts, London, and then running back with Eckler. But you are then eating all the chalk on on the game. Um, so the way to get a, the way to get away from the chalk is to play the LA Chargers side minus Eckler, and then run it back with either Pitts or London. All right, let's get to the uh, the last game with the forty nine and a half over and under, and that is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, th- this game is going to see all the chalk, and I mean rightfully so. Geno Smith's been playing very well. He's priced way too low. He's 5,800. You know, he gets you near that 30-point ceiling. He's a shade under it. He projects for about 20 points uh, of, of just raw projection. He does have about 10% ownership, um, so you, you're not fooling anybody by, by by playing this. You're definitely playing into the chalk of the week. Um, but I see why people are playing it. You know, Kenneth Walker the third projects really well. He's also, again – Eating ownership, twenty-three percent ownership, um, sixty-two hundred, um, and then the wide receivers, obviously Lockett. You know he doesn't even have the questionable tag this week, and he's been playing with that questionable tag, and he's been looking fine. And then DK Metcalf, uh, both are under seven K, sixty-four hundred on Metcalf, sixty-one on Lockett. Um, Lockett has a little bit 
a little cheaper, you know, gives them a little bit more of a projected ownership. But they're right; they're both right around fifteen percent ownership, um, and they're both projecting for twenty-four point ceilings and uh, sixteen points projections. So both good plays. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. I mean, if you want to sprinkle in a little bit of him in stacks, I think it's okay to do that. You know, to get off of either Lockett or Metcalf and play God uh, Goodwin in there. I mean, it's it's worth considering. Um, and then Seattle just has three tight ends projecting well. Um, Arizona is really bad against the tight end, so you know either Disley or uh, Fant. Um, they're both about 3K, 2,900 for Fant and uh, 3K for Disley. Um, both projecting for about six points with a 10-point ceiling. Um, Fant is getting a lot of ownership. He's almost at 8% ownership. I think I would just rather play some Godwin, I'm sorry, Goodwin uh, in there. Goodwin does have the questionable tag right now, so you know, monitor that situation. If he's not playing, then Eskridge Probably is a good play. D. Eskridge at 3,100. Um, but I believe uh, Goodwin is going to play this week. So, yeah. I mean, I would sprinkle him in a little bit in the double stack. Um, you could also do the Ken Walker and then pick Lockett, Metcalf stack. Um, I think that's definitely playable. The Arizona side is uh, is interesting. Um, this is a good spot for Kyle Murray. It's a good spot for the Arizona Cardinals. 10% ownership on Murray. Uh, he's expensive. He's 7,400. Um, but he's he's one of the few quarterbacks projecting over 30 points as far as ceiling goes this week. And uh, if anybody is going to beat Josh Allen, um, it's probably going to be uh, Kyle Murray. Uh, you know, you don't have Lamar Jackson on this slate. You don't have uh, <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, I mean, there's just not a lot of firepower at the quarterback position up top. You do have Joe Burrow. Um, that's kind of a good sneaky stack, uh, Cincinnati, Carolina, but you know, what, what are the Panthers going to do? Are they, are they going to be able to push back? Um, that's why Joe Mixon is really projecting as such a good play this week. Cause it just feels like this is going to be a week where Cincinnati just feeds the ball to Joe Mixon. So Joe Burrow, uh, probably not a, a very good play. Um, although he does project really well, uh, and he has a good price point. But, I mean, you, again, it looks like everybody's just thinking that game's going to be a run game. Um, so, but if you want to play a little tournament, you want to get a little crazy, I think the Cincinnati game stack, and then run it back with uh, with more on the Carolina side is a good play. But anyways, back to, back to where we're at. 49.5 over under the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals. Looking at the Cardinals side, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about Emo Benjamin. If uh, Connor isn't playing, I mean, I think he's a smash play. And then your wide receivers, I mean, Hopkins catching a lot of ownership this week. He's 7,900. Um, it's just like he's green across the board. Like he just projects in every good possible data point um, you're looking at. And then Rondell Moore, I think, is a nice pivot. Six, 6% ownership, you know, uh, 5,200, uh, ceiling of about 20 points, you know, projecting for about 10. I think he's a good play. And, you know, Robbie Anderson's a dark throw. 
if I'm doing some 150 maxes, I'm probably going to play a little bit of Robbie Anderson, and uh, I'm probably going to keep my exposure under 5% on them. Uh, but but I'm going to consider him. Uh, Zach Ertz is in a smash spot. Um, 2% ownership. Um, good ceiling. The problem is he's 5,100. You know, this guy would this guy would be eating like 30% ownership if he was 3K because uh, he's probably one of the better tight end plays on the week. And, again, it's a week where tight end – there's just not a lot of ceiling to the tight end position, so you don't have to worry as much. So generally when that's the case, most people, myself included, are going to look to punt at the tight end position. So when I'm looking at game stacks, that's when I, I want to aggressively play these tight ends that I'm probably not going to play anywhere else outside of the game stack. Um, so I'm definitely going to have exposure on him, and most of it, if not all of it, is going to be within this game stack. Because I just don't see him spending 5100 on a tight end this week. Because um, you just don't have to worry about Kelsey. You don't have to worry about Kittle. Um, you don't have to worry about Andrews. Uh, you know, Waller, you didn't have to worry about anyways, even if he was playing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's it for the, the top three games. The Jets are interesting. Um, just because, I mean... You know, obviously the Buffalo Bills are going to control that game. And maybe the Jets just, like, they start slinging the ball. Um, You know where it's going. It'd be Garrett Wilson. Uh, Yeah, Tyler Conklin, um, the tight end of the Jets. Also a pretty good play there. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, 5,100. No ownership. Uh, right now, I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not. I'm not going to play the Jets side. Um, if I'm going to run a quarterback naked, maybe it's Josh Al. I'm sorry, it's Justin Fields with the receivers of the Jets, and then stack it with the run back of the from the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I mean, the Bills might just hand the ball off and do a lot of running this week and take the lead. You know, Devin Singletary. Projecting well, probably the best projecting player um, out of it when you when you factor in cost. I mean, obviously Diggs is going to have the highest ceiling of any player in the slate uh, in this game. This slate, um, yeah, by by wide margin. I mean, he's thirty point ceiling. The next closest with a twenty point ceiling is Gabe Davis. You know, at sixty nine hundred, uh, that's expensive, but that that's a stack play in a tournament. You know, if you are playing Josh Allen, play Gabe Davis. You know, he's overpriced this week, um, which is going to mean he's not going to get any ownership. And it's a nice pivot off of Diggs. So if you maybe go Gabe Davis and then Dawson Knox and then hope just uh, Diggs has a bad day. And uh, or, or, you know what, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary and Gabe Davis. uh, That's a nice pivot with no ownership. Uh, Josh Allen projecting again, 18% ownership. So people are going to be playing him. Uh, I imagine it's probably going to be a lot of single stack, just looking at ownership uh, where it's trickling. Uh, Diggs at 15% ownership, Allen at 18%. So that means like everybody is stacking Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs, and then they're just kind of throwing a dart at everyone else. Uh, the problem with that, with, with the, 
that's why they're actually going single stack because you can't really afford to double stack because Gabe Davis is 6,900. And at that point, you're just tapped. I mean, there's there's no ceiling. Even with a run back of Garrett Wilson at 4,800, it's just really hard to see uh, how you could do it on a double stack. So, you know, you hope Josh Allen runs the ball, gets a, gets a rushing touchdown. You know, you play him with digs and uh, you run back with, with uh, uh, Wilson. I think that's what everyone's doing. Uh, I think the nice pivot there would be single stack Josh Allen with Gabe Davis or Devin Singletary, and then run it back with uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, so that's how I'd attack that game. Jaguars, Raiders, that's a game that's just scary. Like, I just have no idea how to attack it, what I want to do. Just because the Raiders had such a bad game this last week. I mean, is this the bounce-back spot? Maybe. You know, if that's the case, I think you just go with the studs because no one's playing them. Uh, you know, you play Derek Carr, not a stud, but it, it gets you access to Devontae Adams and, uh, you know, maybe a Mac Collins if you want to double-stack Carr. I mean, you almost have to double-stack Carr because if, if Carr is getting you enough points that you're going to win a tournament – it's going to be obviously through his shoulders, and uh, it, which means you know there's going to be receivers going off. So, I mean, I go Devonte Adams and uh, Foster Moreau at 3,200. I mean, it's doable. It's doable. And then the run back probably going to be, you know, everyone's punting with Zay Jones at the 4,100. 20% ownership. So you're probably going to want to go Christian Kirk at 5,500 and uh, eat the 12% ownership. Uh, maybe the nice pivot off of that. Let's see. New England, Indianapolis. Absolutely not. Not even looking at that game. Um, Tampa Bay and LA. Man, you know, as I said before the show, I was kind of looking at data points. Um, for quarterbacks, just trying to figure out, I mean, this is a week I'm really going to play data. You know, I don't have a good feel of any one game. Uh, there's not an over and under. It just feels like play all the good players and control your ownership kind of week, which are generally my best weeks. Um, so I am probably going to play a Tom Brady stack. Uh he just, it, like I said, when I was looking at data and stuff, his numbers just, they're nice. I mean, he, he could get it done. Uh, you know, he's going through a divorce right now, so I don't know what how that's playing in. Obviously, he's not the Tom Grady from a year ago, and this is definitely a swan song for him. Uh, Mike Evans, 7,200, uh, projecting a uh, ceiling of about 22 points, projecting about 15 and then Chris Godwin at sixty two hundred, a thousand dollars less, projects for a higher ceiling at twenty three points and a projection of seventeen. Uh, the problem there, obviously, is everyone is going to be playing that. He's getting the twenty percent ownership. I think he's going to be one of the uh, uh, the key plays in a lot of people's lineups this week. You know that Chris Godwin, uh, sixty two hundred. It's just the price point is there. Um, in Tampa Bay, what what's the team projecting? The team is projecting to put up it's implied of twenty two points, so three touchdowns uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is what Vegas is guessing. Uh, so, you know, 
Mike Evans hasn't seen the end zone in a long time, and that's what that guy does is catch touchdowns. So spending up $1,000 to Mike Evans and shaving off nearly 15% ownership makes a lot of sense in tournaments. Because, uh, like I said, again, Chris Godwin is going to be absolutely owned. Uh, Cooper Cup at 8900 is going to be very hard to get to. Uh, the quarterbacks, you know, Stafford at 56, man, $400 more for Brady. Um, but it's just hard to, to, to build a game stack here because of the prices. Because you want to play either Godwin or Evans, and you obviously want to play Cup. And because he, I mean, he's the ceiling in this game. And it's just really hard to get to Cup. Um, and then be able to play either uh, Godwin or Evans. Uh, definitely. Like, at the Evans Cup stack is enticing. It's just, like, impossible to get to because of the price. And there's just not – that's another thing. There's not a lot of uh, punt running backs this week. You know, I feel like we last couple of weeks have been the golden age of the running back. And, you know, you've been able to spend under, you know – Really, six grand. I mean, right about the six grand point is where everything is. Six grand to six five has been where uh, where the running back position is. And and this week, there's just not a lot of pivots all around. Like there's just uh, not pivots, but punts. There's not a lot of low price players that um, are enticing. Now that can change. You know, we get some late breaking injury news, and uh, a guy no one's thinking could could really pop. You know, uh, Deion Jackson. You know, there's uh, Taylor. It looks like he's re-aggravated his injury. Uh, if he were to sit, you know, Deion Jackson at 5,200 would be worth playing. Uh, Khalil Herbert is also is always worth taking a chance on. Miami pretty stout against the run, though. I mean, they're a team you attack through the air. So, but Herbert catches a lot of balls. I think he's a, he's a nice play. Um, and then Raheem Mosert. Who, he's going to be my play of the week at 6,100. He's the he's probably the cheapest, highest ceiling running back. Uh, Devontae Foreman projects a little better, uh, but I, I I'm putting my money on Moser and spending a hundred dollars more. Uh, Stevenson is right there at 6,200. So I mean, again, you you, you are going to probably play between uh, six and, and six five. Uh, unless you're really going for the Eckler ceiling or the Jones, because uh, you're going to get Walker, Kenneth Walker, the third projects really well. He's 6,200 Joe Mixon, 6,500 uh, Stevenson, 6,200 Foreman, six uh, K Fournette, six, six. So, uh, I mean, that's what the running back situation is going to be this week. Uh, little all over the little all over the place this week. I apologize. A little scattered brain. Um, my modem's been down and, uh, I had, I had to install the new modem and router and all that stuff today. Uh, you contact, you gotta get download apps. I mean, it was crazy, but I got the internet going again, so I'm fired up, but I lost a couple hours of like preparation. Um, I mean, I was really just kind of getting into quarterback breakdowns, um, which then leads to stack. So, uh, not fully prepared this week. But, you know, like I said, the players I like, I think, are worth playing. The Raheem Moser. Um, looking at the Chicago stack, 
or the, the my probably the Miami stack would be better. And then uh, the Chargers, Atlanta is gonna be my stack of the week. You know, figure out what to do in that game and make it happen. Um, you know, give you some give you some tips of uh, the players I'm looking at. Uh, I think they're pretty obvious, but yeah, if you can find a way to do it, it's probably going to be without Eckler. Um, and then just spending down at the running back position, those guys I mentioned. And uh, yeah, good luck to you. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again next week. Uh, take care, everybody.